Hi everybody, it's Barry here again from Turning the Page, uh, and just so good to be with you again, either via uh, the podcast, or via YouTube, <laughs> or wherever you're uh, receiving this content. It's so good to be with you. Hey, the other day I was actually uh, pruning a vine in one of the gardens I care for, and and high above, as I was pruning away, I saw this, this bird's nest, and... Uh, um, I managed as I was trimming, trimming around it actually came down and I'd seen it being vacated there was no bird or baby birds in the nest and as I looked at it I couldn't I just couldn't believe just the intricate structure by which the bird nest had been made uh, I always marvel at bird nests how they seem to be able to just create um, this special little home out of uh, twigs and moss and lichen and uh, I've actually got it right here, uh, and so as you can see, it's it's got all this moss all around it, and uh, inside you can see it here. It's got uh, all the straw, and thousands and thousands of pieces have gone into this, making this beautiful little nest for uh, the bird. I don't know what type of bird it was uh, to create a home for its young, and it must have been. Yeah, it's just incredible. It must have taken a very, very long time to build such a, an intricate structure as such as this. You know, look at all that lichen and that would have pulled off trees and um, flown with it in its beak to create this um, this beautiful structure. And um, and if you come over to the um, website and have a look at this post, you'll be able to see pictures that I've taken of it. And it's quite amazing that there's, there's something divinely in that bird that just knows how to build that nest. And I remember years ago someone saying that um, the way that birds' nests are built have been the same way for millennia. And uh, it's like they just know how to do it, to create um, a safe and uh, a very a powerfully strong environment for the young to grow into. And as I was reflecting on this, is that we actually all have uh, a kind of a nest around us. And we may not actually realize it, but there are people all around us that provide <laughs> some sort of twig of support. Uh, it could be, you know, the professionals such as doctors, nurses, therapists, dietitians, the list goes on and on. Um, but probably the greatest influence in our nest are those people that we spend the most time with. So it could be our family, our friends, our workmates, um, the people we, we greet on the way to work on the bus or whatever. But the people that we spend the most time with are probably the ones that are going to have the greatest influence on us. And it's called a nest. <laughs> it's a community. And uh, yes, we are also actually part of other people's support structures, their nests. And it's that um, end next to them feature that we see coming right across the Bible, and particularly in that story that I, I love to go back to about rebuilding of the broken wall that we find in Nehemiah. But I, I remember once uh, a counsellor uh, phoning me and to talk about one of his clients that he'd begun uh, supporting, and he said, I, I, I need a nest for them. And I'm like, what are you talking about, a nest? And he wasn't talking about a physical nest. They had a house they lived in. But more of a social, relational type of nest. And his client needed all sorts of people to um, 
be part of their life. You know, different skills, wisdom, and life experiences to help the client to heal. You know, he had already uh, assembled people who are like in the professional roles, such as doctors and uh, psychiatrists and other mental health professionals, but he still felt that this person needed um, others. And so he wanted me to be their pastor and for me to actually help them in uh, the church community that I was working in, um, which was predominantly for people with major mental illnesses, and to create, I suppose, various strands around their life where they could actually find um, new hope and new healing. And over time, you know, other people were added. And um, people with similar interests and hobbies, um, some had backgrounds in mental health, some didn't. Uh, some would just go out for a coffee with them and have some fun and just do normal type activities. And as it developed, there was like a divine creativity that was happening uh, that was going into building their nest. And what surprised them was actually they had something to contribute to other people's nests. Uh, from their lived wisdom, they were able to add strength to the growth of others. Uh, one of my favorite Bible stories is, of, is the story of Jesus and what I call the dehumanized man. And it's the story of uh, what we, we call it, the Good Samaritan. Um, but, yeah, Jesus once told that story of a man that had been absolutely brutally uh, abused and robbed and dehumanized. Um, and these robbers, they saw him only for what they could take from him, his clothes and his wealth not for who he was. So I'm going to read the story. It's for the message. Um, there once was a man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho, and on the way he was attacked by robbers. They took his clothes, beat him up, and leaving him half dead. Okay, so imagine this guy. He's just been walking down this road, and he gets attacked by robbers. And I've found that a lot of people have been attacked by robbers in so many different ways, not just for their possessions, but in their life they've been abused they've been attacked by life anyway luckily a priest <laughs> was on his way down the same road but when he saw him he angled his way across to the other side avoiding okay then a levite a religious man showed up and he also avoided the injured man then uh, a samaritan traveling down the road came upon him now just pause this the Samaritan they were really on the outside of um, cultural life in Jesus time they were the they outsiders they were disregarded they were loathed they 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 were the ones that no one wanted anything to do with and Jesus pulls the Samaritan into the story and um, when when the Samaritan saw the man's condition his heart his heart went out to him and we'll come back to that he gave him first aid, disinfecting and bandaging his wounds. Then he lifted him onto his donkey, led him to an inn and made him comfortable. And in the morning he took out two silver coins, gave them to the innkeeper saying, I take good care of him if it costs any more, put it on my bill and I'll pay you on my way back. And then Jesus asked the question, what do you think? Which of the three became a neighbor to the man attacked by the robbers? And the religious people all said, well, the man who treated him kindly. And Jesus said, go and do the same. <laughs> Look, 
Yeah, look, out of the story, we can take lots of observations and points that, that are helpful. And you can actually read more about this um, by coming over to the website. And I've, years and years ago, I wrote a, a 10,000 word essay on this topic uh, called The Dehumanizing Effects of Sexual Abuse. And um, it's, it's a good read. <laughs> but here are four nest principles. Look, number one, there are some you don't want in your nest. <laughs> in the story, we see the priest and the Levite walking past avoiding, not wanting to touch or come close. For them, it was all about following the rules, the codes of moral and religious conduct. It was to be seen, they wanted to be seen as holy and pure, but not to touch and know. You know, religion can absolutely kill compassion. You know, it can encourage a holier-than-thou contempt with no desire to get down into the dirt of others' pain. There is a focus on justice. He or she shouldn't have done that, uh, rather than on mercy and grace. You know, we, we probably have, all have people that we know that are like that, that are religious bound and not story loving and looking. Number two, there are some with lived truth. I love that concept, lived truth. And here comes a Samaritan. Someone who, in Jesus' time, definitely was on the outside of the Jewish society's moral and religious purity. You know, Samaritans were shunned and rejected. Um, this parable, Samaritan, would have known exactly what it felt like to be cast into a racial and religious prejudiced ditch of existence. He would have experienced the, the separation. But for the Samaritan, there were no rules, no boundaries, and no cultural taboos that inhibited him from helping. In his own ditch, he would have learned some lived truth. You know, I was once told this quote by someone who had been thrown into a ditch many, many times. This is from Dwight Moody. Our great problem is trafficking in unlived truth. Our great problem is trafficking in unlived truth. We try to communicate what we've never experienced in our own life. You know, and sadly, um, much of my spiritual journey has been influenced by people full of unlived truth. The really good stuff I have found from is from when you get into the ditches dirt of other people's lives and listen to the stories. And, you know, if you want to understand coal, <laughs> go to work at the coal face. Go and work at the coalface. If you want to understand what's going on in people's lives, go work at the coalface. Number three, it's about heart, compassion and kindness. You know, I've received a compassion and kindness. And it's it's like a sweet good news on, on a tired and battered soul. And we, when we read that Samaritan's heart went out to him, we see that Jesus was using the word... Uh, and I'm going to get this wrong. Splankenuk, so am I. <laughs> and it comes from the word, Greek word splanica, um, which means the entrails, the vital inner organs of a person. The stomach, the heart, the lungs, the spleen, the liver, the kidneys. It was a really deep place that, that he was moved from. And it means to say that like he had a, a feeling deep in his gut. 
the deepest of all human motions. Look, I want the, the strands of my nest to be made up of people who have compassion and kindness, not avoidance and judgment. And the fourth um, little pointer that I want to talk about with the, the this nest concept is innkeepers. <laughs> I'm so glad that Jesus added someone else to the story, that someone other than the, the singularity of the Samaritan. You know, we need others who have compassionate skills and resources to offer in the structure of the nest. Look, we know very, very little about the inn or the innkeeper, other than he was another strand in the healing nest of this broken man. All of us can be innkeepers. We, need, we, we, we add various aspects of lived truth to each other. What I will add to you, that's hopefully good, and what you might add to me, that will help me in my um, nest. Look, um, who is in your social grouping nest as such? Are there people that have a heart of love and compassion for you? All those, you know, thousands of strands, you know, all those thousands of strands of twigs and moss and leaves all contribute something in their own special and unique way. So I suggest you make a list of people Try to get to at least a hundred names. <laughs> I know that might be a challenge, but think about all the people and all the people that are behind them. And um, so maybe it might be a doctor, but it might be the doc, the, the the nurses and um, the other people that he has contact with, and he can actually access to help you. Then I'd like you to give thanks for them. Prayerfully give thanks for them. Honor them. Um, probably the unseen and the unknown contribution they make to the nest that you have. Look for the gifts they offer, the strength, the love and the compassion. Then give that back to them and to others. You know, we all need each other. We all need each other. And every little bit of heartfelt love, compassion and kindness is restorative. Here's some quotes for you to consider. A spiritual leader who lacks basic human compassion has almost no power to change other people because people intuitively know he or she does not represent the divine or big truth. Such leaders have to rely upon roles, laws and enforcement powers to effect any change in others. Such change does not go deep, nor does it last. Richard Raw. No one person can fulfil all your needs, but the community can truly hold you the community can let you experience the fact that beyond your anguish, there are human hands that hold you and show you God's faithful love. That was from Henri Nord. The person who loves their dream of community will destroy community. <laughs> but the person who loves those around him will create community. That's from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And Rick Hansen says that a refuge is anything that protects, nurtures or uplifts you. Life can be hard, and everyone has difficult, uncomfortable experiences. We all need refuges. What are your own? And C.S. Lewis, well, he says that friendship is born at that moment when one person says to another, What? You too? I thought I was the only one. So here's some questions for you to think about your nest. Who makes up the strands of your nest? What are their names? What do they do? What support do they give you? Uh, the next question is, you are a strand in someone else's nest. 
What kindness can you offer them today? And the third is, uh, picture yourself as that innkeeper in Jesus' story, receiving the victim of abuse and crime. What goes through your heart? What goes through your heart? What emotions get stirred? And in the offering of being a strand in this man's nest, what would you give to him? What would you like to give to him? Hey, um, let me know what you think. Uh, I really love to hear from my readers and my listeners and my viewers. Uh, email is barry at turningthepage.co.nz And uh, you might like to come over and leave a comment or, yeah, just, I love to hear, I love to hear from my people. <laughs> it really does, it really helps me, encourages me. Uh, hey, and you're part of my nest and so I need to hear from you. That would be good. Um, hey, and also just a big thank you to those people who regularly give uh, just a little bit each month to uh, support what I'm doing here. If you want to become part of um, that, it's like about a dollar a month you can support me. Um, if you want to do that, it's uh, turningthepage.co.nz forward slash support. Hey, thanks very much. And I just pray that you may uh, this week ponder over the concept of the nest and think about it and how it relates to you and yours. Okay, bye.